It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 811. What's happening, guys? What is going on? JJ, you've got mm-hmm. your nice beanie on. Keep them warm. I am. Uh, can I just say, yeah. for what was a, not a great week last week, I was feeling down. I'm feeling good this week. So, if anyone's feeling down, it can yeah. look up. Make, make, make yourself a coffee. Just fucking write it out. Yeah. Read a book. You'll be all good. Yep. Yeah, great. I mean, it was uh, last week, very uncertain times. It, uh, mm. I definitely felt it by the end of the week. It's like, wow, that was like, huh, that was a week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But I, I think for a lot of people, I think for a lot of people, I think that I was potentially getting ready or grieving what was about to come. Whereas I think that for a lot yeah. of people, maybe they're just realizing okay what am i doing especially in victoria those announcements were made people are trying to work out can i work can't i work is my whole industry closed yeah i you know what i do i did think that about you i was like maybe just slightly earlier in that process of feeling it because early adopter to you know depression (laughs) i was doing it before before everyone else i was doing it before everyone else early adopter (laughs) Uh, mental health early adopter that's why i won't go to see a psych is because unless i can do it early unless i can say i was one of the the first people doing it yeah i was one of the first people using the fitbit by the way and i i I was (laughs) very active in saying that it wasn't going to go anywhere no i mean second lockdown when we were back in the office mm. there was and you were on that high of yours mm-hmm. i think if there was no change and we were kept on moving forward i think it would have been um you know probably continued but th- so what you're talking about is external changes affecting our internal state and so there's no doubt that external changes to what's happening in victoria are shifting people's internal states so and it's a funny one because usually you're like, don't let your external, mm-hmm. you know, shift your internal too much because some stuff you can't control. But there's just a reality. I mean, uh, last night I was feeling. So for me, what's the, your percentage? Um, what's your what's your um, what are you, what are you at the moment? Oh, you go I'm into- a strong seventy, which is like I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I think if you were operating at a strong seventy most days. Rather than going 110 one day, fucking 30 the next. I'd rather You're talking about me each day. <laughs> Are you saying that I'm a, I'm a little no, bit more of there. a sprint car? I even go there. Yeah, I even mm. go there. Um, strong 70, but in a whole lot of uncertainty too. Is a strong so, 70 not just a 75? <laughs> nah, no, no, no. Because 75 is giving it too much. Strong okay. 70 is just like- I reckon it's just a 70. I'm, yeah, no, it's definitely just a 70 year. Or it's a 71, <laughs> maybe it's a 71% and then it yeah, gives you a little right. bit more. Yeah. It's a 71. I just don't understand but how you can have, when you when we're talking percentages, I'm uncomfortable with having strong versions. So like the idea yeah, that yeah. one 70 is different <laughs> to another 70, it confuses me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, So what it's, happened last it's, night? It's the it's the number, but then it's your attitude towards that number. That's mm-hmm. the only way you get to a strong seventy is if you're just optimistic about being at seventy. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's I a think strong that, that, but that's a yeah, that's an eighty move on a seventy feeling. If yeah, true, sense. but it's also I'm I could be on the up. Uh, a low seventy is you saying it's probably sixty by the end mm-hmm. of the day. I could be on forty by the end of the day, but I'm on seventy with the chance of being at eighty by the end of the day. Um, this that's, is that's where we're this at. is like borderline. <laughs> I remember hearing borderline as a kid. Do you know yeah. what borderline? How do you describe? If someone says, "Oh, they're borderline," what does borderline mean? 
borderline, they're at the border of something. So the border, you know, mental health borderline could be mm-hmm. I'm borderline. Fuck, I, I mean, this is pretty dark. Borderline schizophrenic. I could imagine that being a, a phrase used. Mm-hmm. So you're you're struggling severely, but you're not at the stage where it's fallen into psychosis. It could be. Okay. Like, I don't know. That's just a, a, a non-educated... Uh, explanation well i always thought of borderline because we're in school they would always say you're borderline failing you know um certain subjects but i yeah, thought scraping in borderline actually meant that you're a slightly under at the moment but i'm just looking because that's what they would say it's like borderline is um it was it's not good but borderline was sort of yeah you, you, you're tipping it on the side of failing but i'm just actually looking mm. up it says um the adjective borderline only just acceptable in quality or mm. as belonging to a category. References may be requested in borderline cases. Yeah, so I'm not so I don't think that it's what the teachers were saying. <laughs> and now who's schooling them? Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Jansen on his podcast. Yeah, exactly. No, I was Look thinking about um, that uh, that sort of um, early adopter of your feeling. So last night mm-hmm. for me, what was I feeling? It was um, uh, uncertainty with Bodie. Like I get, I take Bodie to daycare today, and I say to the teachers, "What's going on? When is it? Is it closing Wednesday?" And they're like, "No, no, no, Thursday." And they're which like, that actually makes sense based on they're saying what everything's changing eleven fifty nine p.m. on Wednesday. Wednesday, which it, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is. I was saying to you yesterday before they made the announcements how. People love to be first to have the information, mm-hmm. whether it be on Facebook, um, Instagram, or TikTok. the news news outlets. I mean, anywhere to mm-hmm. distribute mm-hmm. information. But if you get a dance love- first, if you get a dance out first of <laughs> of the um, stage four, uh, that's some serious numbers you can be getting. But it is some badge of like I knew it first. I heard from blah 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 first, mm-hmm. which it's it's all that can do is bring confusion because it might not be it's like unconfirmed reports it's an unconfirmed report which means uh, there's going to be a confirmed report that's released yeah it's so it's so frustrating because that i mean that just adds to the the uh, the confusion when you're hearing all these different things do you think that also one thing that i've been <clears throat> thinking about even talking to my parents last night um just in general when i'm speaking to people there's a sense that most people, when they get the news, they're always trying to find the out or it's like the loophole or why it doesn't, uh, why based on, yeah. like I couldn't believe how many people, because my mum was saying, oh, you know, Josh, you and I, we've always been good with rules. Um, you know, we stick to the rules and she was sort of applauding me for not leaving the house, you know, in two weeks or whatever or going out oh, once. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't you get that sense that, it seems like we are promoting the wrong thing in leadership where you can see the temptation or the badge of honour around how people are weaseling their way to still be able to do their business. Oh, yeah. And I mean, so even another thought is um, this is our second severe lockdown in Victoria and some people push through the first. Mm-hmm. And so then there could be a thinking of, well, we pushed through the first, which meant we could keep operating and make money, which means we can survive the second being forced to lock down. And so then the badge of honour is 
we we did the wrong thing at the start or we we didn't listen to the rules to start with mm-hmm. and so then it gets to this point you're like well if we didn't if we listened to the rules last time we wouldn't be able to make it through this time and so that that's like another school of thinking but and you're so right it's then like, but i guess that part of it is um everyone's context is different for us it's like we don't have ridiculous expenses we have a lease, we have a couple of employees, all of that sort of thing. And so, but if you, the job keeper, the things that have come out from the government, it gets us to at least a baseline where we're not mm. like hemorrhaging cash. Uh, and then so it means that if we took off six weeks or we weren't doing client stuff, then we would be in um, a similar position than what we are today. Mm. Whereas I guess... For some people, if they're in the stage of, you know, a million plus a year revenue or, you know, that sort of six digit every single month from a revenue perspective and you've got mm. a bunch of other things moving potentially and, and also you have like we, we rent, we don't have crazy, um, we, we don't have crazy lifestyles that we need to uphold. But I guess for some people, if you are, if you have a company and you're expecting to take some executive, you know, executive salary every single month and all of a sudden now you can't do that, I guess that's mm. where p- the pain is for people as well. Yeah, and that's where the mental health crises, crisis comes into play. It's like it is the people that were flying that were mm. probably at a strong 90, <laughs> uh, strong 90 are feeling like a, a, a low 30. And so then that's why do you think that other, is? No, no, no. If you had the rug pulled out from under yeah, you, yeah, your yeah. corporate, your corporate money. If you're winning like the game, if you're winning the system, the system's being fucked. And so anyone yes. that was really, but then you got people like Jeff Bezos, who it's like uh, they're mm. making heaps of cash. He's all right. I mean, he's yeah. fine. Uh, we got a lovely email from Gronk Emma. Who not not uh, Emma from Queensland? Another Emma. Mm-hmm. She said, um, "Just finished listening." to uh, what app A10 and she said you have really inspired me JJ have called a bunch of uh, she's culled a bunch of her noisy people on Facebook and Insta that are not helping her mental health at the moment as well as setting up screen time locks on my phone so I can't be distracted by other noise during the day my youngest has just started school and instead of embracing this time that I now have and devoting time to figuring out what the next step is, which is a minefield in itself, as I've just turned 40 and feels like a significantly important decision, I'm wasting the days on social media and I hate myself for it. So, cull is done, locks are in place and I'm now off to Bunnings to get some stuff for projects around the home that I wanted to do for ages. So, thank you, Josh, for the inspiration. And that's that, great. Um, that came off the back of you sort of mm-hmm. identifying that yeah, you probably need to sort of, you know, pull back a bit. It's simplified. Twenty hour day. Twenty hour day yeah, on yeah, social. Yeah, twenty hour day on the phone. But it's just um, oh, I reckon it. Part of it is <clears throat> uh, having really low expectation. I think I've got such high expectations of everything, myself, everyone around me. Mm. And like, so what about where, if you like remove? Where does that come from? If you just, mm-hmm. where does that come from? Like, I know it's a mm-hmm. a, a natural reaction or um, state for you. What does it? Th- if you were to sort of dive deep, I think that I think that part of it is, 
because I wasn't, I think that there's a few things like I wasn't great at school, but I was very good at all the other stuff, the extracurricular activities. And so I think from the age of probably eight or nine, teachers would say, oh, Josh is going to be somewhere. Like I remember um, uh, my mum only, uh, actually, yeah, no, I got a Facebook, this is right, I got a Facebook message about uh, four years ago. Uh, I had given my grade uh, three teacher, grade three or grade four teacher, my signature uh, and I like I signed it and I wrote, wrote a note or whatever. I said, oh, you know, I'll be famous one day. Here, hold on to this. Anyway, uh, my mum had uh, was at, at the shops and saw this teacher that, that she hadn't seen in 15 years or whatever and she pulled out of her wallet uh, the signature that I gave her, which is fucking ridiculous, really? like, which is ridiculous. And then she, she'd actually – that would have been probably two – like when I was just finishing year 12 or whatever and then – just recent, like probably three or four years ago, she Facebook messaged me like, still got it. And so I think there Aww. is, which is so nice, but I think so the thing cute. is I was in saying all of that, I was a shit student. As I said, I was like borderline with like schoolwork, but there was that sense yeah. that uh, I was very focused on specific things. And so yeah. I think that that got applauded. That was a big thing. And so for me now, I think that so much of what I've done has been against the system or gut instinct that yep. sometimes the gut instinct is in the same part as anxiety or whatever. And so you're spending so much time thinking, oh, fuck, um, uh, I need to be doing this right now. Or mm. even I think with all the old, like I was blogging uh, in a big way, sort of 2010, 2011, and then I think about uh, if I'd stuck to that, what it would have done. And so mm-hmm. all of these learnings have then brought me to this point where it's like, I know that we just need to keep going, keep going, keep going. But mm-hmm. I know that that can be a bit exhausting. So is it, so there's proving people right or proving people wrong. A lot of people are out to prove people wrong because they might've been told that you, mm-hmm. you weren't, won't amount to something. I know like for me, teachers were very, uh, they, they weren't supportive of me. I was probably a little piece of shit c-u-n-t um mm-hmm. but i definitely had that noise of oh you'll be famous or something like which is the most uh non-productive it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything at that point and if anything uh the kids that are probably told you're gonna be famous when you're older end up on bachelor in paradise or something <laughs> like that because they're just fucking outrageous because um, there's no skill involved in just what's fame there's no skill involved in fame if that's mm-hmm. just what you're just famous it's You'd still, rather be famous for a skill. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, there's, it's nothing. Ivan Milat's so, famous. And so, I, I reckon I've definitely had the, not the prove you're wrong, but like, you know, th- you doubted me and I'm going to put in the effort. But it has mm-hmm. definitely for me, it's not my driving force. I'm more out to, to prove myself right on the things I think I can do. And so, then... I transfix on the things I think I can do mm-hmm. and get good at them. And then, I don't know, there's the contentness that isn't relying on outside noise. But I think early day driving force, uh, proving people wrong is somewhat powerful to get started. But you soon realize that it's not it's not the fuel. It's not mm-hmm. the fuel that keeps the engine burning, you know, the engine firing for a long time. 
Well, I think that even I look at the, you know, people say you're not your work and don't be defined by your work. I think that if I even look back to school days, everything was associated to me making videos. And so the way that I, my friendship group was based on who will be in videos. And and so I think that that was such a um, defining thing constantly um, that, yeah, I think... I definitely have have a strong connection with my work and potentially mm. I think that um, I'm trying to move away. I don't know what that looks like, but trying to have an identity outside of being a podcast or video or media or creator. Mm. I mean, what is the what is beyond the work? So if we're just to dive into mm-hmm. you're not your work, which a lot of people and, – and I think the trap is – if someone's working a 70-hour week for a corporate business, their life is consumed by their work, which mm-hmm. could be the result feeling like your work is your life because it's taking up a heap of percentage of your time. And so, but then it's like, so for you, so let's just go for creatives at the moment, mm-hmm. creatives that live and breathe what they do. They've worked out how to, do find something that they are passionate about that they can sit for five hours and feel like it's one hour, feel like it's 30 minutes. Um, how do you not make it your work? And what is, if it isn't your work, what mm-hmm. is that? Just give me that scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, what is not your work? If it's not your work, what is, uh-huh. what are you? Then well, so I think that the, you are your work is a common narrative, which within society. And so I think that the natural thing is that people would, find the other molds and so for instance being a family man is another societal mold or a narrative that you could play out so i think that the the common thing would be to be like if you're not your work you are your family um and so for for brie and i not wanting to have kids and being pretty sort of um like i think that i'm pretty pedantic on not wanting to do whatever the system's telling me to do or just thinking about like why why do i need to do that like what's the point of this um and so for me it's understanding the curiosity bit so it's like okay okay, as a person i'm very curious i like learning different things um uh, i think that for for a lot of people it's um they go into like exercise or whatever they go into you know f45 or they go to crossfit or they do that sort of thing there's there's only i feel like a few molds and what i'm wary of is not falling into the one dimensional mold that's available to me so by me saying okay i'm not going to do this or i'm i'm not going to make my whole mm. life my work I'm very wary at the uh, natural sort of reaction to then look at the other common molds, which doesn't actually fix the problem. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I then think you could probably hone in on the the productive nature or the resistance to not wanting to, you know, the kids thing. It's like everyone has kids. I don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. If you look at the the objection or the resistance to those things, mm-hmm. why do you think they come up? Is it? A, do you think you have forced yourself to have that feeling around those things 
and that resistance or is it naturally you're like because there's people out there that probably don't have that same feeling of I push back on status quo mm-hmm. I push back on things and they just feel it but it doesn't it's no energy out of them because they're like yeah nah nah and so what you're def- what what you're trying to define is what it, what is actually if you're pushing back on something you are not in control necessarily you if you are the pushback guy you are ju- you are still using the external molds to shape mm. who you are because it's like well, th- yeah does that make sense I think yeah I think pushback requires an energy for you not to like so I think about what people who don't like tomatoes haven't really mm-hmm. decided that they don't like tomatoes they just don't like them mm-hmm. how do we decide we don't decide on any of this stuff like it is there is an un clear nature to the things we do and don't like mm-hmm. um, and so what I'm saying is is it is it a conscious decision on your behalf to not like these things which requires an energy and you don't know if you do that you might actually like them no, well I think that it's like a store like what are the stories that we're all telling I th- and I think that that's the challenging bit right now is because a lot of the stories that we've told ourselves about why we do what we do and who we are is based on a system which for a number of reasons is being shifted dramatically across the world um so for me for me it comes down to um so i'm not like a uh, so i think about like so using the wedding getting married type of thing so deconstructing that I believe in commitment. I believe in like, I think there's there's value in saying, hey, like we're together forever, that type of thing. There's value in that. The bit that I um, have sort of pushback on is the, the, um, the wasting of, uh, of money through doing the big weddings or uh, inviting a bunch of people to, to do that. And then I think that the, the common thing is um, people will then turn to another mould and so they'll say, oh, you could elope or you could do this or you could do that. And so you need to then like, oh, okay, so we need to create a trip to do this thing or – and so, yeah, what, what, am I, what am I trying to say or what am I thinking? I think it's like – I think that it's beyond the pushback bit for me and it's very much being – in tune with I think that I'm always looking ahead so I'm looking at like okay what is this and I also feel like I put a lot of weight onto the decisions I make and so I think about if we were to have a kid what what sort of dad I would want to be and so I think that it's and uh and I don't think that I could give it everything like I think that I'm doing too many other things and I'm like Mm have to do so much other work to work that out and I'm not there. So I think that sometimes it's like, okay, people will say, oh, well, um, you're never ready to have a kid. You just have to do it and you'll figure it out. And I understand that. Um, but I think that I'm, I probably look at it at a more sort of simple level of like, I don't imagine it being a thing. I don't sort of like look around and say, oh man, I wish I had that because I can have that, like the connection I can have, through my friends' kids or nieces and nephews and stuff like that. And, like, I get the bit, the value that I think potentially people are talking about mm. through those interactions. 
yeah, I guess there's pushback that is coming from a place of natural feelings towards something, so kids or, f- f- or marriage. Mm-hmm. And then I, I guess I was looking at the areas of pushback that may require a level of energy that may not actually be pushback. You're pushing... It's, it's like... Do you have an example na- of where you've seen it oh, with me? Oh, no, I haven't seen it. It's more just I under, I'm, I'm wondering if pushback f- filters into other areas of life that ends up being energy served and you might not necessarily have pushback on that area, but you're giving it pushback because it it's a default. Yeah, so I, th- yeah, so I think what you're probably describing is if you have pushback across systems or group think or these, th- or these like you're triggered by mm. that, then I think there is, yeah, there's natural pushback on that. But I think that that's a... Um, that's a filter set. That's a. I think that becomes like a belief system mm. at that point. So it's a belief system that, um, like, I think for me, it's it's like talking about politics or stuff like that. Like, I, I've just never been able to enter into it. I think that there are a lot of people who will say everything's political, get political, do all these types of things. But um, I think that I've become more and more. Uh, not skeptical, but I'm just like, uh, it's it's not about inaction. I'm not talking about inaction and not doing anything, but I think like picking sides and doing all of that sort of stuff rather than looking at it from afar and thinking about it in sort of a more holistic way. That's what I'm interested in rather than treating it like it's a footy game. Mm. I, w- I wonder if um, work was your <laughs> is your life. And so, I mean, for, it's it's an interesting one because you're working on yourself in your work. Mm-hmm. And so, even that saying of you aren't your work, I just wonder how that f- fits for some people that embody their work. So, what about if a, you are, what about you aren't your work, but your work is you? Like, so, you the, so yeah, the, the, what we're doing from the podcast perspective, you are getting a piece of me on here, mm. but that's not my identity. I come in, do that. It's a moment in time. I'm giving myself, but then I don't let the platform, the stickiness of what we're doing, the platform, the bit that sticks to your ego or whatever it is, mm. trying to to retain that, I think, potentially. Yeah. I mean, that's art. I think people, like if you look at painters... Their work is an expression of them. So, are they their work? Their work is a reflection mm-hmm. of them as an individual. And so, yeah, it's it's complex. Yeah. And I think that there is a... Um, everyone's got a slightly different viewpoint. Everyone's got like a... Based on a different experience that they've had. And so, I think... I reckon in fucking lockdown, I'm getting reflux. Have you noticed that? I go a little bit more. Nah. I don't know. Maybe it's the coffee. Um, <laughs> it's just like I'm eating. Can. I'm eating, laying down a lot. <laughs> so I reckon that that's probably. I reckon that's the first thing you don't really. Yeah, you don't need reflux medication. You need to actually just get out of bed when you're going to have breakfast. That's probably the suggestion. Less um, acidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's interesting. I think. Um, uh, I'm also very, like you and I have spoken about this on the phone where 
you know, I've, I've had a lot of personal rebrands. I've done a lot, made a lot of announcements. I've been the tea guy. I've been the uh, baseball guy. I've been the... Uh, walking uh, guy? The walking guy. There's a lot of guys that I've been. Um, and to be honest, like I was even thinking about, you know, like the drinking culture stuff. I was yeah. like really digging into like, oh, why do I like, what am I doing? Like, why am I saying that? And for <laughs> me, it's like being a bit facetious. So... I'm trying to be an agitator or like I understand that like drinking alcohol and all of that sort of thing is there's a lot of like destructive elements to it. But I feel like when you're in a footy club or you're in any environment where there's a drinking culture, no one sets out and says in the middle of the room, let's create a drinking culture. (laughs) I know. And so I think that- That's a funny point. But so I think that part of it is- so it was perfect, like Ian reaching out and being like, Josh, be careful what you wish for a drinking culture. Like that's part yeah. of my point where it's like if before we go down these routes, if we're actually to call them out and not be unconscious to them and just say, oh, this is what we're doing, would we look at them completely different? So I didn't have really any intention of creating a drinking culture, but I saw that that's in turn what we're doing and by almost saying it and 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 making it a thing, it's um, the your consciousness falls in. Maybe I don't know. I just I, I thought that that was interesting because I was like, ah, oh, it was it was a bit of shtick, but it's also like it's something that then, at its core, if you think about what drinking culture is, and it's this unconscious thing, it's like not listening to yourself. If you were to say, oh, come on, guys, let's um. Uh, you know, let's all be alcoholics or let's all do this thing or let's all do that. Like, let's all see, like, and like even even the whole thing around like food, like, oh, let's, um, let's order an entire cake, like, um, like talking about it in the actual extreme version in a conscious state. I think that but that's is why it conscious. People- I think that's the, pro- I think there's probably a version like of what is, Conscious, so there's awareness, but then there's awareness of the awareness. And so, if your awareness is I'm doing something hyperbolic to point out the uh, the stupidity or the absurdity of something, mm-hmm. it's then the well, it gets lost. It definitely, that's the whole so thing. So that's where I the, those go over my head when you say shit like the drinking culture thing. I hadn't even mm-hmm. really, you know, I just gone over my head because I was like, in regards to like clear. It's shtick. It being stupid. It being yeah, stupid. Yeah. yeah. It's like clearly it's a fucking- You say shtick on here. You say shtick. Shtick. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's obviously shtick at that point. Mm-hmm. And so- But why- yeah, And I so think, what's the- Because I think that the- Especially when I was a kid, uh, what would get me into trouble is I would think about things of if this happened in a movie, this would be very funny. So I would do things like I, I tied a rope- uh, so my my brother was doing a, a bike race, and uh, he, uh, he was seeing how quickly he could ride around the street. But the finish line, there was a, a, a rope across the finish line, but I actually tied it up at either end of the tree. So he basically yeah. close like close hang, hung himself, like, and so he ended up he's, with like a massive th- like he nearly fucking was deca- decapitated. Is that what it's called? He nearly yeah, lost yeah. his head. He didn't. Um, it's a risk of, of um, you know, being my brother. But anyway, he ended up with like a welt on his neck and it was like, uh, it was fucked up. But my thing Who was that like, wins? yeah, but in my mind, I was like, 
how funny would it be if this happened, right? Like if if you fucking like, it's like when I played basketball as a kid and we had like an elderly lady who was our coach and we were all sitting on the floor and she tripped over us and we were just in hysterics. We thought it was the funniest thing ever and like everyone's fucking like, what are you doing? And like picking her up and all that stuff. Like, so there is that thing around, oh, this would be funny in a movie. Am I a psychopath? I guess that's. The I mean, I mean, you're re- you're referencing shit from childhood, and your prefrontal cortex is not fucking developed. You're you you're speak dumb for yourself. I was fucking. I was I was a smart fuck from the age of two. I was. <laughs> I mean, you're just dumb. You don't have, you don't have your, like, the part of your brain that recognizes danger and fear. Like it's not developed. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get the consequences, and so you referencing childhood, and then it's jumping from thirty year old Josh to fucking 12 year old josh mm-hmm. huge difference and you just definitely don't do shit like that no, no. you're but as you said an agitator you're you're throwing things out to the ether with maybe a bit more thought than most and so but i thought it was funny like when i when i was a kid everything i did i thought like i was doing anything for a laugh yeah yeah there's still comedians that do that anything for a laugh there's a lot of shit i mean i still do that. i think you do it around friends as well mm-hmm. so put yourself out there it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's all learning. I don't know. I don't know where we take this. Mm-hmm. But it's good yeah. to sort of just dissect your thinking a bit. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of um, meditation stuff around the awareness, and and then what's beyond awareness. So there's a being aware of awareness, and so we can feel like we're in reference to this this piece. They were saying, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're self-aware. And this was the example. It's like uh, people who are noisy about how mm. self-aware they are. Yeah. Essentially, is a new unawareness because. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then it's like, what's well, so authenticity? Aware that's why we never say that we're fucking. We we do it like that's well, the yeah. trope of podcasting. It's like ah, oh, yes. The difference is that we're authentic. Um, mm. What what, what so, does that yeah. what does that mean? What is authentic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what does authenticity? Like we are performing we are like i don't even yeah it's interesting go on that was interesting yeah so if you land at i am so self-aware and i can recognize all these things in the moment but then that becomes its own version of lacking awareness because it doesn't stop Mm self-awareness never stops it's aware of the aware and then you're sitting back from it like and so deep meditation practice takes you those layers back where it's yeah i mean it goes very fucking um so is that virtue signaling then yeah well that's that's what this that's what this teacher i should send you to i think you'd Mm -hmm. really like the explanation he's a um a not a psychologist uh what's the one that can prescribe medication psychiatrist psychiatrist who is also a meditation yeah 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 but yeah that sort of multi-layered and so the mm-hmm. virtuing comes at the point of someone um outwardly saying i'm so self-aware mm-hmm. but it's like they're also to some degree missing the point of self-awareness but that's what and i so, that's what i think even when you spoke um a few weeks ago of the guy who um was refusing to wear masks and he was like a fucking what do you call him like a uh a, a, yo- a yogi 
Who was who, who, no, who like was it? it was someone on Facebook, and it was like, oh no, he's like a fucking oh, oh. meditate. What's oh, the yeah, word? Oh yeah, no, no, he's a ve- like, yeah, what, it, yeah, what I mean, you call he's a meditation, it? a yogi. He's a meditation yogi, teacher. Yeah. And so but the I thing is I, that it's like, so yeah, what does it take to be a yogi or what? And so if if he's if he yeah. is actively communicating all of this sort of stuff, it's like, it's not like I think that there's this sense that oh, you become this thing, and you are in. Uh, invincible to the human experience or the reality of being emotionally driven or being uh, driven based on, uh, you know, like if, if you're if you're someone who's come from like a well-off family or an environment or whatever, he's probably not used to being told what to do. And so the uncomfortable mm. feeling that he's feeling has nothing to do with government control and all that sort of thing is it's like, He's been able to go to Byron whenever he wants or do whatever the fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. like that hasn't like he's had fuck all friction in his life. And what he's experiencing for the Mm -hmm. first time is a bit of friction. And when he feels that, he thinks that all of his fucking uh, life is under attack where it's just like, no, mate, you just this is the first time you're actually having to to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, I don't know yeah. the guy, but I'm, I'm just no. I know I, I, I agree, and a bit like think about as a kid, you move away. I hated being told what to do. Mm. I hated school for that reason. I didn't want you. I didn't want to have to learn something I didn't want to fucking learn. Mm-hmm. And you realize as you grow up that <laughs> that saying "I don't want to learn what I don't want to learn" is the dumbest thing ever because mm-hmm. sometimes you're required you <laughs> to learn shit that you don't want to learn, yeah. but it's necessary to learn, mm-hmm. and so the shift in the the mind state towards these kind of things um, has to change at some point. And so, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, we're, I mean, even the fact that we're having these conversations at the moment, I think is because of the time that we're in. Mm-hmm. Like the last week we've been sort of going uh, a little deeper on just like a few layers back from what we normally do mm-hmm. because it's what we're all feeling. And so, if, what we're all- if we can't rely on other people's emotional states or for that person to get awareness or to, to reframe, what can we do? What do you think we can do? The only thing we can do is work out how we're dealing with these people at a personal level. Mm-hmm. And so, I can't, I can't change someone's actions, but I can work on my reaction to their actions, my mm-hmm. anger or, you know, like just at least observing that, fuck, this energy in my body is anger. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. going on here? And then and then see where that takes you. I, I, th- I think it's, we're so reactive. And so if we can just observe what the reaction is at a moment, it's like a good start because there's layers beyond that. But it's meditation. You, this is like the people yeah, I'm talking do, about are literally talking about exactly this at the moment in my in my courses. Do you think that part of it could be that um, being frustrated around people's perspective or what they're doing or what like that is a clear piece of work that you need to do as an individual to be detached from other people's actions? Or do you think that there think- should be like... So talking about uh, selfish – so I guess it's hard because there's also injustice. And so you can't just have – if I was like 
don't worry about anyone else, only worry about your state and how you're responding to it. There is a level of uh, um, privilege, I can't think of a, a better word to describe it, to be able to say, oh, I'm not going to worry about, say, people that are being persecuted in Iran or the like mm-hmm. big global issues or I can't like I'm not a fucking scientist I'm not going to enter into the climate change stuff but I think that the hard bit is as it's like there is a line you can't like if I see a like there is a sense of young people being really frustrated and angry and all of this sort of thing and it and it feels like it's because they're being told that they can change the world. Everything that that is wrong, they can change. And so, but I don't know what the the spectrum is because is there is there ego? In, so, in, in one way, it's like a selflessness of like we need to change the world, we need to do all this. Yeah. But then there's also an extreme level of ego to think that you, as an individual, can change or impact all of these systems that have been happening for centuries. Yeah. I mean, it's a big uh, problem to come at and try and tackle individually. Mm-hmm. But I mean, th- th- if the world was filled with, air quotes, um, enlightened humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> 10% more than what we are, I think it would contribute to some of these issues that people are coming out with anger and, and does it and does enlightenment lead to change? Well, it leads to internal change. I think it is. I think it definitely does. Like there's a version of it that does lead to internal change, and we're going to change this world by the cha- people individually changing. Because mm-hmm. then you still got psychopaths. If you're just saying you can't do that, there's still a psychopath that's going to do it. Can an enlightened person changed. not use the recycling bin? I think so. I think so. I think uh, we're not talking about enlightened to the point of living in the cave in India, the, but there's a version of understanding the world that we are all living in and how it functions. So then what's the spectrum? That's why I'm not confused. Like, does an enlightened person use a car? Does an enlightened person, like, I don't know, does an enlightened person eat meat? I think maybe enlightened probably en- throwing throwing it it's more just like it's not even self, i was going to say self-awareness but just living introspectively at a at a higher percentage like dialing that up and so yeah i just want to I mean, just have would, a have a good result yeah i mean you've got to go but I, yeah, there is something interesting around the like you hear people it's like oh i don't own a car because like i'm um looking after the environment but they're um, yeah. all of their Instagram posts. They're on a plane, and so you <laughs> yeah. s- sort of you wonder. It's like, no, the reason you don't but have a car is, is because you're signal, fucking, that's virtual signaling. Like your virtue signaling. Yeah. If you're doing one thing mm-hmm. and then you're doing another, like you're clearly trying to virtue over here. But, but I think that the thing is that. Here. But but the thing is, there, it it, it isn't clear. Like the th- everything's constantly changing. So. Um, if we think about 15 years ago, what was on our radar as individuals around what to do, like look at even things like Australia Day and how much that has like, 
how much we've evolved to understand that like it's not on and it's like it's um, disrespectful and it represents all of this pain. And so there's just so many social issues Mm. that then, yeah, I think the enlightened thing is very tricky and and I'm extremely sceptical of anyone that sort of says that they possess that or they've experienced oh, that think, or... No, I think... Uh, yeah. Okay. So, enlightened might be the word that paints the the perfect person, like, which isn't reality. So, what's your but definition of enlightened? No. I, so, I don't think there's necessarily enlightened humans. There's people that are constantly working on... The, it's self-discovery. It's understanding of where you fit in the world and what and how as an individual you're interpreting and dealing with the input and so at that point it's like it's it's you're constant you're aiming for the fucking star and you're trying to move towards it it's like it's like the person that realizes they have been consumed by their thoughts and now they're they have an awareness of, fuck, I am thinking about this and I'm getting trapped in that thinking constantly and now I'm thinking about my thinking. Like that step for... Because there is a huge percentage of people that are just eaten by their thoughts and they've never thought that, hey, maybe I'm thinking this and, and getting a bit of a different perspective on the internal dialogue. Like that is a start in the right direction, I think. Mm. Don't, so it's then, not saying it's, so then, not saying so, it's, it's the yeah, end game. Yeah, yeah. It's the start of a, a new game because once you realize that you have been trapped in your thoughts and now you realize that there is a, a another perspective on it, mm-hmm. you can't go back to the old perspective. You can't, you can't stop thinking about how you've been thinking. Like it's a constant. And so, but then you can get stuck in that. So there's another step of moving towards something, moving... And, and so, but like, do you think that there's two, like, I feel like there's two contrasting ideas or perspectives that are both potentially true, which is change yourself and change the world. But then there's the, the other side of it, which is we're all having a collective experience. And so if we all work as individuals to try and work on ourselves we're not necessarily tapping into the uh, the global perspective or the the like joint experience that we're all yeah. having. I, I you know I'm I like to be black and white, but I don't think it is black and white. I don't think there is choose yourself or choose the world. I think there's uh, the collective experience is only. Uh, we only calculate the collective experience at an individual level. There is the co- collective experience that's a fire happens, mm-hmm. but then it's how is everyone that's attached to the fire interpreting that collective experience? It's going to be different for everybody. And so that's how the change your, change yourself, change the world. It doesn't mean change the fucking world. It doesn't mean stop climate change. It means how are you interpreting or coping with or experiencing the collective thing that's happening Mm -hmm. and that is the that's the big i mean that's the relief of pain that could come from it it could be a realization there's many aversions of what 
will come from changing your internal self. And so, yeah. but I think, but that I think people that are working on themselves in that way, they're going to have a better version of what what the collective experience is, mm-hmm. if how it's affecting them. But it's also so sense. personal too, because you don't know yourself and your um, like it means different things to different people. Even like yeah. depending on your spiritual beliefs, depending like there's so many different elements. Um, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Just because you see that a lot of these things, a lot of change at the moment is based on shame, on anger, and so I'm sort of moving away from. I'm like I'm not going to enter. Like I don't know if this is moving towards a more uh, virtuous position or head in the sand position, which is I'm choosing not to flare up or to enter into the noise. And so mm. there's there's a bunch of people who say that if you are not entering into it, if you're not in the debate, if you're not you're doing these things, then you're complicit to all of this other stuff that's happening. You're part of the yeah. problem. And so I don't know, like I feel like there's two conflicting ideas Um. Because I'd be fucking real happy just to chill out and not worry about stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. But then, but then that doesn't change it. Like you still have interactions with people, and so if if you look at time as fi- finite and interactions as finite, every li- every interaction you have with somebody one after the other is getting closer to your last interaction that you were going to have with an individual. And so... So, what's about the infinite people, version then? There's no infinite version. There is no infinite version of interactions that we're going to have. They're only getting less. And so, the, my point being is, how do we treat people? How are we going to... What taste are we leaving in people's mouths? What's our interactions? And so, all it is is a perspective on your interaction with an individual is getting less and less based on it not being an infinite life. And so how can we just fucking be better or give it a, it's, it's the perspective shift in the moment. It's like, but is the, when I get shitty with Bodhi, when I get shitty with Bodhi, I know I'm going to, if I, I know that he's getting older, he won't be three next year. He'll be four. And so that I'm going to have less interactions with him. I mean, it's just, it's a dark view. Yeah. And then so spirituality potentially reframes it into it's not a finite experience. This thing continues on or the, like you can see how through the perspective of we have a finite life, in, interactions, all of that sort of thing, it becomes very much like um, systems process driven or um, ticking boxes or leaderboards or where do I sit? What, how much money is in my bank? Um, it's an interesting. I mean, I feel like we've asked a lot of questions. I don't, if you've got any thoughts, hi yeah, at dailytalkshow.com. Yeah. Um, if there's any sort of things that we should be reading. I've been uh, listening to re-listening to Radical Acceptance by Tara Brack. It's great. Uh, um, there's a guy named Locke Kelly, L-O-C-H. Mm-hmm. K e double l y Locke Kelly. What's his? Who? Deal? He's a um. He's the psychiatrist that is also a meditation teacher, and he um. 
Yeah. He, yeah, it gets he gets real deep. Real deep on that awareness stuff, the awareness of the awareness and mm-hmm. and it's yeah, I just love love listening to him. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, Go and out. find him. All right, everyone. It's uh, the right, Daily guys. Talk Show. Enjoy your day. Stay safe. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Love you guys.